Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to What's Your Weird Story podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying the time leading up to the holidays. And I wouldn't celebrate the holidays with anyone else but my co-host, my best friend, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, the professor? How are you, sir? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, smiling sensei. Happy birthday to you. Oh, Happy thank birthday, you. Barry. That was awesome. That Everybody was awesome. That, but, oh, uh, that was great. That was so. Uh, what? That's why you needed to t- take a drink before we started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. I hope that sounded as. Like, I hope that it. <laughs> people stop. Didn't stop listening right there. But, uh, yes, that was very. Yeah. It was very uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe almost esque. I was going you know? for that. Didn't yeah. Meld it into the. Yeah. Lounge singer character yeah, that yeah. Bill Murray had from uh, <laughs> from from his early oh, that was, days. Oh, so, that was yeah. great! Oh man, that was uh, <laughs> beautiful, man. Beautiful. So, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Happy good. birthday! Your birthday was yesterday, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, man. I'm I'm just uh, happy birthday to you. Yeah, thank you. I am. Uh, I feel no different than yesterday. Mm. So whatever that means, and uh, and I know that you'll be celebrating your 29th uh, anniversary or uh, birthday here coming up pretty soon, and we'll celebrate that. Uh, yep, yep. But but uh, yeah, I I can tell you that uh, uh, I don't know that I've gotten a year wiser, but um, mm-hmm. I've definitely gotten a year more of. Uh, information and fantastic stories that we've had on this podcast i can tell you that much oh yeah dude. expanding yeah. my brain yes yes indeed we've been we and we've talked about this before but we've been very fortunate this year to have an um, amazing guest and uh, of course we've had uh you know five plus years of having amazing guests every week um but you, you know this year it's been uh, hit after hit after hit, and we've learned so much about many things. We've learned a lot about um, the afterlife kind of situations. We've, or you know, we've yeah. learned a lot from people who have various gifts, yeah, uh, connecting to the afterlife. Um, you know, and uh, we're we've heard some good UFO stories and some cryptid stuff. We want to hear some more Bigfoots. Yeah, and more cryptid uh, stories, and uh, we've had some great ghost stories as well, and some true crime ones, you know, or, or other, you know, inc- just uh, you know, uncategorized incredible yeah, yeah. stories. We've got we've got uh, a couple in the barrel right now that I'm super excited oh, about. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm yeah, it's been it's been a, a great year so far, and uh, and we're continuing with this uh, mm. wonderful year. 
um, with the guests that we have on today. I don't know if we want to get there or not, but uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we should let's go ahead and get there. Dominique is our guest today, and uh, Dominique is another. She is a, a medium, but also a death doula, and uh, that's uh, uh, something we else. It's a new one for us. It's an unusual career as well as the paranormal uh, aspects of of her life. So you know, we get the we get the it's a twofer. It's a twofer. Barry, it's a twofer. Love it. Two for, I, one, two for one. You can't pass those no. deals up. You know what I mean? No, you can't. You can't. That, that's that's even better than a happy hour. Of, of course. At, at Sonic. At in, Sonic happy hour. In fact, so. to the point to where it's kind of like if they ask you to supersize something, you got to mm-hmm. do it. Same mm-hmm. thing with a twofer. If I see a two-for-one Reese's peanut butter cup, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Twofer BOGO, buy one, get one. Ugh. You know, that's... Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, hey, we hope you enjoy uh, our conversation with Dominique. Uh, she's she's a lot of fun. So uh, let's get to it. Joining us from the Carolina coast of the northern Carolina, the best Carolina, is Dominique. <laughs> Dominique, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, I definitely prefer the Northern Carolina over the Southern Carolina. <laughs> We've just <laughs> struck a huge debate now. We're going to get <laughs> letters and phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. A good yeah. debate's always good for everybody. Uh, ab- it's fine. Absolutely. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, so I don't know if my story's weird exactly, but I worked as a medium and a death doula. And I've done it my entire life. I work wow. really closely with, with death on different aspects. And it's it's really great and it's really fun. And a lot of people may think it's weird, but I think it's a pretty normal part of life. Wow. I think it's really important we talk about it. Absolutely. Definitely. Um we've well we've kind of we've kind of talked to somebody who was in hospice care, but not necessarily like a, I guess a death doula. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So, very curious to hear about that. How did you kind of get into that? Uh, well, as a medium, since I was like tiny, tiny, I don't remember a time which which I haven't been doing this work. Death mm-hmm. is really normal to me. Being working with the other side is really normal. Um, and my mother did end of life care for most of my young life. So it was very normal for me to go to people's homes when they were in the last few weeks and months of their lives. Wow. Um, and a hospice nurse, hospice nurses have my utmost respect. I adore them. They do all the heavy lifting, so to speak. But as a mm. death doula, we don't do the medical part, but we will support you and the family in your decisions before, during, and after your transition. So that's that's the difference. They deal with the medical side right. of it, and we deal with the spiritual side of it. So wow. you, so you've been, you've had a relationship with the other side, let's say, since you were a child. Is that safe to say? Yes. Absolutely. Like when did when was your first experience with all that? Do you remember? Um, like pre elementary school, like very very little. I don't ever remember a time not being able to connect to the other side. Um, I've talked about my spirit guide a lot in interviews and you know seminars and stuff, but he's always been there. I do not remember a day in my life where he wasn't literally with me all the time. Oh. Um, so by the time I was starting like school, like kindergarten, first grade, we had to 
start having these conversations at home. Like, hey, we don't let's not go to school and talk about these things because again, oh. we are like North Carolina still in the South. Yes, um, sure, yes, yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> still it's still below the line. It's sure, yeah, we we empathize because we're yeah. where we grew up was the the uh, you know. The Bible yeah, Belt, you know, yeah. and, and Oklahoma is yeah, uh, in, in very, fact North Carolina is is a little bit more uh, liberal and loose than Oklahoma was uh, back when we were kids. So for sure, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I get it. So Elementary school in the late eighties and nineties in the South yeah. was not a place you talk about talking to dead people. So yeah. right, but but your was your mother your mother have these gifts also. Um, no, but she was super supportive. I come from a very dysfunctional family. I will be the first one to admit that. Um, we spoke literally for seconds about, uh, family and how different family looks like. Um, but I don't really talk to my blood relatives very often. My mother was the only one I talked to. So we're all about creating family. So I was raised with my mother and my two grandfathers that kind of played the role as my dad. Neither one of them were blood related to me, but they were my dad in all intents and purposes. But um, one was an agnostic and one practiced Buddhism. And they were like, just do whatever feels right to you. So they were taking me to seminars when I was little and taking me to go see Sylvia Brown and go to John Edwards stuff in the early 90s. They were like, here, you need to figure out how to do this. And they were super supportive. Again, we were super dysfunctional. That's pretty progressive. That's pretty progressive. Very cool. It was very cool. Yeah. I think my mom, because um, she was very much like stuck in the 70s, she never came out. So progressive is a very good word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's use the word progressive. <laughs> That's interesting, man. Yeah, because at least they were supportive because yes. oftentimes back then it was the opposite. Um, people, you know, like you said, like mom saying, hey, maybe we don't, maybe not everybody's cool with this. Um, you right. Know, that's oftentimes you'd even get worse from people. So that's cool. I think, I think think if, uh, if we had, if either one of us had, you know, said to our parents that we're talking to dead people, they would think that, you know, maybe they would think that we're, you know, we had really active imaginations. I certainly did have an active imagination, but, you know, so they would probably think that it's just, uh, you know, like a a, A phase, an imaginary friend phase. phase. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, now, all my mother's family, that was something like, we don't talk to that. We don't talk about this mm-hmm. around your grandma. We don't talk about this mm-hmm. around your aunts and your cousins. Um, we did that. But so so I was aware early, like, you have to read the room, figure yeah. out who you can talk about these things with and who you can't. So we learned that real early. <laughs> sure. And so um, being with your mom as a young kid and experiencing some of these uh you know, end of life type situations. Did you have pretty profound experiences with that? I'm sure you did. I mean, I think so. To me, it was such a normal thing. And I still, to this day, do not understand why people are so freaked out about death. That's one reason um, I really make a point. Like I got on all the social media apps so we could like make use up use it as a platform like we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable talking about death mm-hmm. until we get comfortable talking about it, it's going to be weird and it's going to be odd and freaky or whatever but um i mean we've been at bedsides when people are passing the ones that are comfortable and the ones that aren't and that's that's part of it i think and it's such a sacred time it i, I get it's like oh well they're just dying and they're going to the next life like no these are the last moments 
witnessing and having the human experience. And I think it's so profound to be part of that, no matter what it looks like, because it's never exactly the same for anybody. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've seen people who knew and did it gracefully and were like, I'm ready. Like, let's, I'm ready to do this. And other ones that were fearful up to the very moment that their souls left their body. Um, Everybody's different. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think taking power and having these conversations are key to changing that fear for sure. Yeah. So okay. So another aspect of this was that you had your your spirit guide has always been with you. Can you tell us about um, you know how I mean was it just like you always had this buddy, or did you come? How, did you like come to recognize what this okay. this guide or who this person was? Or how did so, that manifest? We have talked about him a whole lot. He's in our book. He's he's kind of like my forever best friend. I don't remember a time he wasn't there. Right. And um, my mom and my dad would would kind of laugh a little bit because I would get so furious. Like you, like I'm having a conversation with him, and I see people that have crossed over just like I'm looking at you. To me, they are very physical beings right in front of me. Wow. Um, not everybody sees them that way. And um, so I see him and I would get so frustrated because my mom would walk in her room and not even speak to him. And she could, well, before she passed away, she would always tell people like how funny it was. She's like, you want to get Dominique mad? Pretend she doesn't really have a guy that she's talking to. And she's crazy. He's like, that's how to make her mad. Because when I was little, I would get furious. Like, why are you not speaking to him? And I finally had to understand like, oh, he's your person, not everybody else's person. Right. Um, once I finally grasped that, I think that's when the shift started. I think like, oh, okay, maybe I'm kind of odd or awkward or different. I don't know. But, um, that's when I kind of had to realize, okay, he's, he's my person, not your person. So did you have someone to mentor you during, you know, as you were growing up with, with these gifts or was like, were you having to put that together on your own? Like how you navigate life with these, you know, these powers that, you know, that you are able to, to you know, cause Adam and I, we don't have this, uh, ability. So, um, in any way, shape or form. Yeah. No. Um, so, <laughs> so we're always curious, you know, how people like yourself, how, how you come into awareness and then start learning how to use those gifts, you know? Um, I, I'm convinced I'm winging this whole thing that we call life. I really am. I, I just kind of go with it every day. Um, but again, one of my like dad figures, my grandfather, he was a Rosicrucian and he would always like throw books at me when I was really, really young. And he was like, it may not be right, but this, this person has to say, and this is a totally different perspective. So I got, mm. I got to be kind of a sponge for different spiritualities. And so I kind of took what worked for me at the time. And I, I think as people on this like human experience, these we're all just souls having this human, human experience. I think um, it's our job to learn and unlearn and relearn what works for mm-hmm. us as we grow and evolve. So what worked for me 20 years ago won't work for me now. So I think yeah. it's a constant winging it and um, being comfortable letting go of what I think is right mm-hmm. and how to do things and be ready to try things differently all the time. Sure. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's solid right there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Solid thinking for sure. Because you I don't mean, have a choice. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, because if you don't change, you know, you, you don't adapt. 
you know, you die. I mean, right. I guess, right. you know, and it's, you know, that's, uh, that's just part of nature. And, you know, on a biological look, avenue, looking at it, you have to adapt, you have to change and you have to, you know, keep moving forward. And, you know, and it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to take a few steps back or steps to the right. side, but you always have to keep that. And learning should all, everybody should always be learning uh, throughout their lives, just you know, whatever it interests you, you know, I some of the people that you know I hear that um, that I have great respect for is, is, is they always talk about how they've never lost a love for learning, and yeah. and and that's just so important. Yeah. And just you know, whatever you're interested in, just learn about it. You know, so I agree. Right, and, and and you have to be willing to 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 change those your perspectives on mm-hmm. things like. 15, 20 years ago, like when I was in high school, which was longer than 15 years ago, but long ago, I would only use tarot cards to try to get messages. And now I don't, I mean, if somebody asks, I will, but I don't use them for messages. Um, and I couldn't do like sketching and stuff. Like there's a really famous, um, medium named Tyler Henry that uses a sketchbook and I couldn't use one of those years ago. And a couple, I don't know, probably a year or so ago, I was like, let me just wing it and let me see if it works. Cause I caught myself doodling all the time. Um, when I was talking to people, just little circles and weirdness. And now I use them all the time. So it's all about relearning and unlearning and being able to put stuff down. And it's not like, Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm not too good for this. Like we're always have to learn. I'm convinced mm-hmm. we all have work to do and just constantly learning. It's all the time. All yeah. the time. Yeah, that's cool. There is, um, I think, you know, having having someone in your life, which sounds like you had uh, people that were, you know, very supportive and giving you different perspectives on things. Um, I mean, I, I think that's important, too, to keep that throughout your life. You know, have people that are able to, like, check you and press, you know, pre- press you a little bit on, on you know, the, the things that you've come to a conclusion on 20 years ago may not add up today and, and, and keep that fresh perspective is huge, man. It's, it's like, you know, Absolutely. it's the key to like Adam was saying, a, a fulfilling life, you know? And, uh, speaking of that, like when you're working with folks that are like on their way out, let's say, mm-hmm. um, what is, can, is there, is there a, is there a, a main regret that people talk about or something that most people talk about at that point and stage in their life that if they had a regret, what that would be in life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, people always look back without fail, whether they are still here in life during their light transition or with my clients that are already crossed over. It always comes up and about like, I would hang on to things that were completely completely ridiculous to hang on to. I would argue about things that are completely ridiculous, like and hold grudges that were completely asinine. Why, why did I do that? I wasted so much time. Um, that is normally the number one thing is like wasted time. Like I just out of pure pride, like a part of the human experience is pride. Like our souls aren't prideful. Our, the human part that we're experiencing is definitely prideful. Yeah. Um, but people that hang on to those things are definitely the ones that regret it the most. And I, you mentioned about having people who will check you in your life. I am a firm believer in that. My circle is very small, but we are very real. I'm not the person you call. If you want somebody to tell you what you want to hear, people don't call me because that's not how I roll. Right. Um, and in turn, my partner and my very, very like 
close, close best friends were quick to be like, oh, wow, you sound like an ass right now. So (laughs) you might want to go have a conversation with yourself. And I love that. So we have to have people that are real with us and are cool with us being real with them too. So really important. Sure. That's, that's, that's fascinating. I often think as I've gotten older, you know, this is old man talking here now. <laughs> as I've gotten older, I'm really conscious of how short this life is, you know, and and it it makes you I'm always I've always had this thought and maybe I didn't express it as much when I was younger, but like I've come to the realization that you can't you can't die with regrets and holding on to grudges and these things that people hold on to. They're just hurting themselves. You know, um, I've had a lot of, uh, friends and, uh, acquaintances pass away. It seems like in the last few years, then, you know, I'm sure that's going to just continue, but it helps put things into perspective. And, um, I never wanted to be that. I'm always like, you know, the pre- the people that make really shitty decisions in life and, and treat people terribly are the ones that you're going to have to pay for that, you know, and, and, and I have this and this may be you could probably answer this, but I have this feeling that like everyone has a point on their deathbed where they have to come to a realization of what they've done in their lives, good or bad. And you have to reconcile that somehow. Right. Well, right. I don't, I don't know um, if that's true or not. I'm sure there's a lot of no, narcissists a, a thousand, out there. But a, no, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, I always tell people like one of the first things that like we put on like our merchandise was like do your work because we have work to do in this life, and then you have work to do on the other side. Like we all got work to do, and you can't skip out on one or the other. It doesn't work that way. Um, normally, we when we transition, our work is to realize what. What traits did you hold? What things did you hold on to? And what things did you insist upon that were so right or wrong or whatever your beliefs were? You really have to process it and get a real perspective of what it looks like. Um, Not everybody does it before they transition, but I promise you if they don't, they're going to do it when they cross over. There there is a moment where you're like, oh, okay, I have to be real with me. You cannot hide from yourself on the other side. It just doesn't doesn't work that way. Right. So when you... You said, you said earlier that you help people, I mean, transition to even beyond uh, life. So when they cross over, how is, I mean, how is that? I mean, tell us about that, because that's something, I, again, we really haven't heard too much about before. Well, death doulas are just starting to, like, people are just talking about it. We've been around mm-hmm. for, since the beginning of time, people have been part of this work. Um but I think the past year or two, I've noticed a wave of um, people having these conversations. And I think that's really bringing to light a lot of this work. Um, now, somebody that's a death doula that does not do the medium side of it. Most death doulas do, are not mediums. They are only there for the transitioning part. But as a death doula, separate the medium part. After someone transitions, we are there to take care of whatever they wanted. Some people want to be in their home. They will wash them. They will wrap them. They will do whatever it is they wanted after their body has already, or their soul has transitioned to death and all slept is their body. We do all of it, like all of it, whatever it is. That's why it's so important uh, when people reach out to death doulas, we get to get some real conversations with people. That's like, Oh, I don't want to be in my home. I want to be outside in this place when I die. So you can literally dig a hole 
and legit roll me in it. And I'm like, cool, we'll make it happen. What do you want? We'll make it happen. Um, now as a medium, most, not all, but most people that I have worked with during their transition, they will come back eventually when I read for their families or I see their families or they will come back to me. That's how I connect with them on the other side. Um, Mm. when you, when your soul leaves your body and you, I, I, I always use the quote, we're all just walking each other home. It's very powerful and it's very true. Um, when your soul leaves this body, there are souls on the other side waiting for you that will walk you the rest of the way home. That transition is yours and yours alone. Um, once you get through that, I, it's very normal that I have people that will try to contact me from the other side. That's very normal. Um, so it really depends from the medium side. That's how I do it. But a regular death doula that is not a medium, they take care of everything afterwards. They take care of supporting the family, carrying out your wishes of the body that's left behind. Okay. We do whatever you need to. We've had people that have a funeral for themselves before they die because they mm-hmm. want to be present to see what it's going to look like and hear what people say. And that's probably one of the funnest things I've ever seen. So cool. <laughs> so cool. I love that so much. Wow. Dang. So do you, is there an apprenticeship or so do you study under someone for death doula type work or how does that work? What does that, what does that entail? There are several schools that you can go to, to become certified as a death doula um, and other death doulas that have already done this work and gone through it and been part of it for years and years are the ones that teach it. So it's not a technical internship, but you are learning underneath someone as like a school as part of a class. They can be done in person. They can be done online because, you know, Zoom and all that stuff is a thing now. Um, But I am a firm believer that um, you can't just take like a weekend class and then go do it. That's that's bad karma. I think that's really bad. That's bad juju in my opinion. But there's people out there that do it. but I think it's really important to connect with other death workers that are in it and see why they do it. Cause we all have different perspectives about why and how this works and why it's important. Um, but I've gotten to meet some incredible people. I've, I've learned, I learn every single day from really incredible other practitioners. Um, but yeah, there's the really popular one right now is called death wives. It's oh. a huge, huge, um, it's, it's a ginormous networking, but they offer courses to get you certified from the basic just how to perform a service all the way to get you licensed to run a funeral home. You can pick whatever oh, wow. you want to study. So it's really neat. That's that's To me, that's the most accredited. If you want to check it out, that would be the place I would check out personally. Okay. They're, they're really great people with a really good soul. Um, they're not in it for money. They are there to continue, on, to continue a tradition and pass it down. It's really beautiful. Nice. How how early on in a in the process are you involved? Like like oh, early. like early or you know like are you like are you I know that so you're taking as the doula you're sort of taking care of the like things to do but like because you're a medium you can kind of bridge that gap so like are you helping people also come to grips with like, this is the end of life and like, let's look forward to the afterlife type situation. Does it Absolutely. get into that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's most doulas. Most doulas will do that. That's, they okay. want to hear your story. That's what, okay. that's a lot of the time. That's what we spend our time doing is sitting with you and listening to you talk like about what it's amazing. The things, the knowledge and the stories that people have that, it just never shared because I didn't think anybody wanted to listen. Wow. They didn't think it mattered. And we hear these phenomenal, like little tidbits of wisdom that they get to pass on. And it's really powerful. Um, 
I think it's really special. And a lot of the times, because their family's uncomfortable, we, we make a very good mediator of sorts. Yeah. But I have no problem being like, oh, you don't want your aunt Carol here? I got you. Like, I, she will not be in this room. I got you. It's no yeah. problem. I'll do that part. No big deal. Yeah. Um, all the way down to talking to them as almost always when people are about to transition, they will see loved ones or dogs or their spouse or whatever. And so when they start talking about them, we get to hear all about it. And I'm not telling you, no, they're not there. I'm like, no. And then, you know, I think it's about time. Are you getting excited? Like, you know, and we talk about stories of them together and it helps them transition so much easier. It makes them feel more at peace. It really is. Wow. That's very interesting that uh, uh, we've heard about, you know, loved ones and, 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 and uh, family members and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I've heard about any dogs or anything. But oh. that it's for, it's interesting to me because when my father was when he was dying, he was in the hospital, probably uh, a week or two, maybe before he did pass. Um, he was and, and and he was you know he was not heavily medicated uh, from because um, he had you know a lot of pain from uh, chemo and cancer and all that stuff but the, at one point he he's like somebody get that dog out of here you know get the, we we weren't sure if it wow. you know we thought it was just the right you know, he was on the good stuff you know and he's like no, get that, get he that dog out of here yeah. get that dog out of here Wow. wow! I did not. Wow. That yeah, yeah, dude, isn't that crazy? That, that get, veil is thin. People don't joke. That yeah. veil is very, very thin. Um, when you our, our souls are like omnipresent beings, they can be many places at one time. Yeah. Um, our physical bodies are what we tend to focus on right now. But yeah, yeah, it's absolutely like the things that people see and know before they pass is unbelievable. And you just have to witness it honestly and just and just see it. It's it's a, it's a wild, beautiful experience. That's awesome. I. And, I you give me hope because there's a lot of uh, I've had many dogs in my life and I would like to reunite with them. So that's uh, that gives me some hope. Oh, and that's, it's, well, and that's the funny thing is like we had my brother had a dog, but like we never really had a lot of pets. Uh, and I don't think my dad had a lot of pets. He grew up on a farm, but I don't think he had pets. That wasn't a so pet. That was, That's different. <laughs> that was so, you know, but that was so, that was so, so different. It's like dogs weren't a normal part of. And he's like, why is it house. in my house? Yeah, it's <laughs> right. like, so what's that dog doing in here? Get him out in the hospital. It's like, get that dog out of here. So, yeah, that's so wild. wild. That's wild. Yeah. Nothing to me. Like, no, nothing surprises me, honestly. It's such, it's. And don't get me wrong, death is not always pretty. It's it's people mm. have a very like this is what it's going to look like, and I'm like, nope, throw that out the window. That's not what it's going to look like. It's going to look very different. Um, but yeah, it's that veil is very thin, and we start um, our souls start kind of kicking back over. Like, okay, I get to be in charge again, and we're we're about to exit out of this experience. It's like, kind of picture like your life as high school. Like, I'm getting ready to graduate and bounce. Like, I don't want to be here anymore, and it's. When you look at it that way, it's it, it takes some of the fear out of it. In my yeah, opinion. just you know my experience. Sure. Have you had anybody that you've had to like really push to get over to the other side? Like they wanted to stay here. Like you ever have that any of that kind of stuff happen? Yeah, for sure. We have people who are afraid to die um, most of the time. Okay, so the, the the different types like that. One is the ones that don't want to leave their families because one, they don't want to be without them. Yeah. And two, they're afraid they're not going to be able to take care of themselves. They're not going to be okay. That's why I tell 
everybody. I, I cannot remember a time where I've not talked to somebody whose family is transitioning, whether I'm working with them or not. And they're like, I don't know why they're still here. I'm like, you need to give them permission to leave. Like mm-hmm. you have to tell them it's okay. I'm going to be okay. Bob, Joe, Jim, Kimberly's all going to be like, we're going to be fine. Yeah. And when we give them that permission, it really takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have seen, and I don't know, I don't know, but I've seen some people who are normally very cruel and narcissist and they're not good people in life are normally petrified to die because right. they're afraid of what's on the other side. Sure. Um, I see that wow. Wow. often. Wow. But that's why you'll see some of the meanest, some of the super mean, mean people you'll meet in your life live to be like 95 and 100 because they are holding on because they are afraid to die. Right. I see that pretty often, too. Wow. Wow. You know, Looking at you, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dick Van Dyke. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, my, you say that about uh, reassuring them that it's okay to leave. You know, my when my grandfather passed, um, I've told the story on the podcast before, but um, I was in the room and um, the hospice nurse said that oftentimes they won't pass when the family's here. They'll wait till you leave. The window. Yeah. yeah that and, window they, till everybody's gone. And uh, so my dad, and we're going to leave at the end of the night. And my dad goes to put his hand on his, my grandfather's head and tells him that it's okay. And he passed at that moment. And uh, that was, you could tell he was trying to, his, his, his breath was belabored all day long. Like he would take these really slow breaths and like, right. we were playing songs for him, you know, cause he loved music, you know, played all of his favorite songs and then, but he was just hanging on, you know? And, and, uh, right. that's so interesting that you say that because, um, you, it seems like people in the hospice world or, you know, with what you do, it's, you guys are so attuned to how the body like shuts down and how like the transition over to the other side happens. It's like, uh, not most people like outside of that world don't have any idea that that is a thing, you know? So we, we, we aren't educated on, and I think maybe that's where a lot of fear death comes from. We aren't educated on it, you know, like, we don't talk about it. No, he talks about it. It used to be something that was, part of our everyday life you know 150 years ago um you know or you know 200 years ago it was no big deal we had you know uh the living room was called living room because you know it used to be the wake room you know yes, like exactly you know yes. i mean so we had this yeah. fundamental change of where we don't want to dwell on death uh, you know, because we 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 want to keep that away from us. We want to talk about it. You know, makes me uncomfortable. So that's what, yeah, talk about it. Yeah, and that's what makes it. You know, I mean, perpetuation and makes it worse is that you know, people you know, people used to picnic in, in cemeteries and it was perfectly fine. You know, it was like right. going, you know, but now it's like, oh, don't go to cemeteries are scary because everything has been shifted to this. Idea of just how you know death is a dark, scary kind of you know, I mean, bad thing, yeah, you know, right. it's because it's the ultimate mystery, you know, and right. and, right. and, and right. so it's just be it's become the, it's become the I guess the ultimate taboo, really. Yeah, I'm like it's the ta- it's the taboo topic we don't talk about. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, and no hospice nurses. I, I love, I love a hospice nurse. The, the people that are in it for the right reason. Cause if you are in the hospice work, you're there because you want to be there. You're not going to go and do that just cause you need a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can absolutely, they understand it from a medical point of view. We understand it. Like we, we balance each other very well. Um, a lot of people will, will call me and be like, you know, I thought my grandma was dying soon, but like, she's in a great mood and she's talking. I'm like, y'all better say your goodbyes today. Yeah. I'm like, cause that, that's the rallying. That's what that is. Yeah. So be prepared. It's happening like very, very soon. They're like, no, 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 no. She's sitting up. She's drinking coffee. And I'm like, okay. And I will clear my next two days off. Cause I know what's about to happen. Like, well, they're going to call me in the next 24 hours. That's what's going to happen. I just, um, I, I just heard somebody talking about this today. Uh, exactly what you're talking about. They were talking about when their father passed away, he kept like, he kept wanting to get up. He would like, he would like, okay, give me up. Let's, let's get up. So they'd get him out of bed and then he'd sit back down and the nurse goes, he's going to do this like a thousand times today. And he was like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, this is the, this is the body's reaction to, we got to leave. Like this is it's time to go. You know, and I, that is fast. I've never heard that before. I mean, I I've, was, I, I love that you mentioned that because our human bodies will do things like that. One of the wildest things that I ever heard a hospice nurse tell me. And once she told me, I was like, holy crap, I have seen this so many times and I never connected the buttons. But my grandmother, when she was, she was unconscious her last, her last two days, she was completely mm-hmm. unconscious. And suddenly her feet were moving like in the bed, like, she has not been conscious or talking or anything for two days straight. And suddenly her legs are moving. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? This is kind of weird. And it's kind of like when you're young, you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, but like, she's moving her legs up. Like she's like on a stairmaster. And I looked at the nurse. I was like, what can we do? She's like, no, honey, she's walking home. And I was like, what? I was like, it didn't, the button didn't like click. It just didn't yeah. click with me. She was like, yeah. And she was very religious. Obviously my grandmother was very religious too, but she was like that stairway to heaven's really long. She, she's just walking home. She'll get there soon. And literally for hours, she just moved her legs. Like she was walking and I wow. didn't, it just didn't click. But the longer I've done this, the more years I, I've worked with this side of um, death. It's, it's amazes me how our bodies do things that, doesn't make sense to us, but if you look at it from that side, it's like, oh, okay, I absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating to me. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, because oh. it doesn't seem like a localized like one or two stories. No. It's like a, it's a part of the process, and it's so weird that you know we come into this life and we just sort of we just exist. You know, it's like we just step into consciousness somehow. And now we're, you know, God forbid you're, you're born into a really shitty situation. Uh, you know, I just, like we said before, some people have to deal with a lot of stuff in life and some people don't. And then that's just kind of the way that it is. But like, uh, we exist and then our life is built around like keeping the machine going, you know, like, keeping food on the table, keeping the lights on. What am I going to do with my life? I'm supposed to be, you know, uh, a successful, whatever. Um, I'm supposed to raise a family or, or whatever. And then, and then you get to the end of your life and it's like, you know, if you haven't prepared yourself for that, 
it's it, I could understand why that would be scary to yeah. some people. You know, I mean, absolutely. It's it's especially the living in the day and age that we're living in now. Like when we were growing up, you could fall back on your religion and and that's what you had. You know, um, right. because. Most people were raised in, at least in, in this country, were raised in a religious household of some sort, you know, and that's what you had. But then we've gone through the last 50 years questioning everything and what's real and what's not, what's spirituality, what's, you know, what do I really believe? And then most people haven't spent that time really to like set with themselves when it comes to this stuff, you know? Right. And there's a difference between religious and spiritual people. Right. And I think there was like a shift, like, I don't know, like in like the the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, the past 100 years or so. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, I'm religious. So I go to church and I do this. So I'm good. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. No, no, that's not that's not how that works. Um, I consider I've always kind of like jokingly called myself like a spiritual mutt because I I love faith. I I think faith on different aspects and different Different faces are so cool, but I will not like subscribe to one. Like that's not yeah. how it works. I love, yeah. I love the the the. We all have the same underlining like rules, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. to treat people the way you want to be treated. Right. You got to work in gratitude, whether you're a Buddhist or a Christian or whatever. Yeah. Um. I think it's just being a decent human being yep. is mm-hmm. the goal, right? And right. yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people use religion, like you said, as a as this, like, I'm good. This is my shield. Like, yeah. I, I'm religious. Therefore, I'm X, Y, Z. But like, no, that's not how it works. Right. And you can't just fall back on that now because there's too many people waking up, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah. There's there's a movie coming out called After Death, which I'm so excited about. I am I am kind of obsessed about people that have had, like, real-life near-death experiences. And it's... Um, I forgot the name of the production company, but they've been talking about statistics. And a hundred years ago, this many people believed in an afterlife and it's gone down like 40%. Like people don't believe in afterlife anymore. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a problem. That's fear. It's just crazy to me. Um, So I think having these conversations and you guys having the space and offering the space to people to have these conversations, it's absolutely, it's game changing. It's absolutely game changing. We need to have these conversations. Yeah, I think I so. Think, yeah, I agree. I think, like, with the with America, the United States, you know, with our history, it was, you know, obviously, you know, the white people came over because a percentage of them wanted a, to have a religious freedom in their own way. The pilgrims, okay. you know, who were, you know. Uh, they, they were an outcast group in England. They weren't like yeah, the Quakers members. Weren't, yeah. They weren't members of society. They were like people didn't want them around, right? Because they were too too uptight and everything. Um, but like you know, so we had this foundation of you know where and when we start, we had the foundation of the you know Christianity as you know the people moving in and pushing out the the natives with their. Uh, their beliefs, but we won't even go into that. Um, and with the founding fathers, you know, they were like religious freedom. That's one of our guarantees. You know, a lot of them were uh, theists. You know, they not weren't necessarily Christians, uh, but they were all familiar with you know the Bible right. and all of that. And so we had this kind of, you know, 
weirdly, if you go and look at uh, religion in America, it, there's a lot of weird like cults and beliefs and things that pop up, different offshoots of this, that, and the other, Mormonism, and then Latter-day, you know, who are the Latter-day Saints, but like all of this stuff, and you know, when you get to that point in, uh, where um, after the Civil War, where people were kind of like, where there's so many people died, there was the spiritualism movement that arose out of that, where people were right. talking to mediums and they were talking to, trying to get a hold of people on the other side, much more so than before. Yeah, yeah. And it became a, a popular, very popular thing in the culture, and I think because a lot of it got to the point to where people were just ripping people off and conning and all oh, of the yeah. bad stuff, as you know. But okay, that's never happened in any other religions or anything before. Um, but when <laughs> I digress, um, but a lot, of, you know, because of that, there was a reaction to spiritualism and the spiritualism movement, right. where people went back into a more conservative, you know, yeah, regimented right. systems yeah. of their beliefs, or more core versions of it. And it's just kind of been that dance, you know, that because yes. like you would right. get, you know, yeah, so yeah, like yeah, in yeah. the 60s, there was kind of, you know, in, you know, post-World War Two in the, in the 50s and 60s, there was kind of this growing movement out. And then right. with we got an Eastern philosophy and all of this stuff and it started getting more. So it's been really I think it's there is a I think there is a growth towards spiritualism where people say see things as a you know they have a spirituality rather than a religion um right and so there's an openness to that and i think that's a that's a trend especially amongst younger people um which i think you know i think is great i think is grand because i think spiritualism and your belief should be your own personal passion and your own right. personal thing like you said what works for you and what works for me and works for them or works yep. for, you know it's not everybody's going to line up a bunch of people will line up because they like the same ideas and uh, you know if they can all go to the same club and get out at the same time to go and eat right. at the at the you know right. the pizza hut afterwards, you know <laughs> right. and that's cool. You know, sure, sure. But as long as they beat the church that's across the street, right. you right. know right. that right. was that was the right. thing when we were growing up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally, I totally get it. Because <laughs> we had a little like western sizzling down the road from the church we went to, and that was the right. thing on Sunday. That's yeah, when yeah, you yeah. went at like two o'clock. I to- totally get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, I, I was trying to like remember. I was really writing stuff down. So as a skeptic, I'm literally probably one of the biggest skeptics you'll ever think or ever meet. I'm convinced 95% of the people in this line of work are complete crocs, and they are there just to feed off people's pain and trauma, period, the end, the end. That's just how I feel about it. Um, I, I just don't believe most of them, and that's okay. Like, I don't want anybody to come to me and blindly believe or anything I tell you. Like, don't. No, I'm good. If it, I don't care if you had paid me for a session and you sit down. I'm like, I'm not feeling this. I'll be like, here's your money back. Have a good day. Find somebody who you feel drawn to. I'm not here to make money. That's not my goal. Sure. Um, but you mentioned, you mentioned like the whole, you brought it up. I'm going to just touch on it real quick. So did you know Washington, like our first president of the United States, he swears up and down. He had a premonition of a woman coming to him three times 
because he was losing our the battle in this country. Mm. And she told him what battle strategy to use. And when he changed his battle strategy, that's how he won. Wow. Abraham Lincoln and his wife kept a medium on staff in the yes, White House to connect to their son, William. I so, didn't like, know that. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. They have a medium on staff, and they would hold seances all the time in In the the White White House. House. Yep. All the time. Very normal. Very normal. Um, You can definitely, these are all things that you can literally Google or look up. Like, they're everywhere. And so I love when. And of course, well, you know, like Ronald Reagan, and as as ironically as it is, who was very. Uh, very conservative, very you know, right wing and conservative Christian and stuff. They had um, he and Nancy. What was it? they had the astrologer who was there? Yes. Oh, and they were like way up in yeah, with her. yeah, yeah. Yeah, with their natal right chart constantly checking their natal charts for decisions to be made. Absolutely. Yep. Oh wow, um, I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah, it's Get everywhere. That. People don't. It's literally like, so. Everywhere. There's always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, yeah, exactly, and, and and it's just you know it's just again it's like you know believe what you believe what you want to believe what brings you to be the best person that you can be as your own, and you know and just so again to do right, right by this world and by everybody in this world, you know and you know love each other and don't be a dick. And then, you know, right. wherever else. It's not hard. It right. right. You just literally, it's like completely free to be kind. Right. Like my partner is probably one of the most logical human beings on the face of the earth. He's not. I'm one of these people that always have like a hundred tabs in my head open all times, like doing all the things. He's not. He has like a tab open. And when that's done, he'll close it out and open the next tab. Um, but but even he'll sit here and be like, yeah, this is what my wife does. And she, it may be odd, but let me tell you. People don't walk away confused after a session with her. They're calling and making a session again the next day. That's great. Um, it's it's just it's all about having people that again will check you, but be and be real with you, but also be supportive at the same time. Sure. Um, it's really important, but it's it's good to have a skeptic. Go in as a skeptic. I'm a firm believer yeah. to be a skeptic. Again, I don't trust ninety five percent of the people in this line of work. I really well, don't. You know, I mean, and, and I think that. That goes a part of it goes in, you know, we should again, we, we need to apply actual critical thinking, you know, yes. where, you know, have a, a go into everything with a grain of salt, you know, because everybody, regardless, everybody has an agenda. Now, your agenda may be to help people, right. but still, right. you know, I mean, it doesn't right. matter, you know, if you, you just because and you may tell us about people stuff they don't want to know or don't hear or, right. or tough, tough to hear, but still, you know. You've got to think right. it all because we all perceive everything, you know, we agree that we all perceive this reality yeah. the same, but we certainly don't. So Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of the people that go to mediums are so desperate for an answer. Mm-hmm. I actually have an assistant that I do not do any of my own scheduling because of these kind of clients for the past several years because they will email me and be like, my mom died of this on this day and I really need to talk to her. And if that's how people approach me, I don't want to do a reading for them because everything I'm going to tell you, you just told me. And I don't I feel like I'm jipping you at that point. And so I don't like knowing anything. So any scheduling goes through my assistant. And all I get at the beginning of each week, it'd be like Monday, 1 p.m. virtual appointment, one attendee. Monday, 4.30 p.m., two attendees, virtual appointment, because I don't want to know a name. I don't want to know anything. It makes my life much easier and makes my job. 10 times easier if I know nothing about people when they walk in. 
And it also kind of gives them a little bit of that, oh, they can't Google me and look me up on social media right? prior and have like a full printout of everything about me. Yeah. Um, and I think that helps people feel more confident and more comfortable. I'm not going to go and um, I went and seen a very popular psychic um, a couple months back. And he's one of the few I have never met. And he only does like big, big, giant gallery readings on TV and stuff. And um, I went in there and I was like, I've never experienced a session with this guy. I want to check it out. And there's like 250 people. And to get a ticket, you had to fill out a form with your first right. name, your last yeah. name, your email. And I'm like, oh, I already don't like this. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I already ain't buying anything you're selling, buddy. That's not it. Um, yeah. And he has like 20 people on his team that are running around. And I'm like, no, no, absolutely no. not. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a big bit of a thing that uh, especially with, since, you know, people have been able to get earpieces and right. stuff that you can barely it's see. Great. Technology is you know, wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, we had an evening with Chip Coffee like a while back. My wife and I went to and he did a reading. Um, it was a it was at a college. Mm-hmm. And there was probably not a hundred people there, maybe fifty. It is like fifty to seventy, something yeah. like that. It was smaller, and I was impressed with him. I thought he did. I, you know, now I I don't know much about any of that stuff, but um, I was impressed. I was impressed with. I what adore he, that man with my whole I th- heart. I thought he did a great job, and I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. But he's yeah. an incredible person. Yeah, absolutely. and he's on that. Um, He's been, or he made an appearance on that new Jack Osborne um, show. Yes, that Night Terror show. Yeah, yes, man. I've been watching that. And that um, was well, good. He's crazy. He He's always been my, if I could meet anybody alive, that's who it would be. And um, my partner being the crazy, super supportive person he was. For my birthday last year, he got me a private session with Chip Coffee. And oh, they're, really? They're wow. super pricey, right? And I was like, "Whoa, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And so I had to wait 11 months because he books out a year out. And so I had to wait and wait and wait. And I got on the phone with him. And he works as a closed channel. I work as an open channel um, where if you, have a, if you have a session with Chip Coffee privately, you tell him a name, the person and like how long ago they passed. And then he'll reach out to that one person. And that's, that's what you get. Okay. Um, as an open channel with me, I'm like, we're just going to open the doors and see who comes in. Okay. I don't know. We're going to wing it. But with him, um, I'm, I'm totally just going to tell you my whole experience with him. Yeah. But I sat down and I was like, okay, I want to connect with my mom because as a medium for me, I cannot connect with people that I know that have crossed over. I cannot connect with them. I think that's like oh. a trade off. I think that, the universe was like, I'm going to give you this, but I'm taking this from you. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that's everybody. That's just how it works for me. And my mother died very tragically and very out of nowhere. And I was super pissed about it for a very long time. So um, I sat down with my little phone call and he was like, give me her name and how long ago she passed and her connection. So I gave him his name. I was like, she died eight years ago. This is my mom. And I just sat there and he was quiet for about 20, 30 seconds. And he was like, oh, he's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but she pretty much told me to mind my damn business. I was like, yep, that's my mom. You found her. <laughs> I'm glad you know. That's definitely her. Wow. Um, Yep. Nailed it. And we ended up talking for about two hours and had the best conversation Wow! because at that point he, he was like, I feel so bad. I couldn't connect with your mom. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't need to talk to her. Her response to you. She, she nailed it. Buddy. She didn't want to talk. Yeah. 
do how he worded it to me is he was like, I can keep trying. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. And he said, Oh, he said, your mom just pretty much cussed me out and said, if I want to talk to my daughter, I can show her. I don't need you to talk to me and get involved in our relationship. (laughs) And I'm like, nailed it. You got it. And he was like, well, do you have any questions? And um, because I think he just felt bad that he couldn't connect me with my mom. And um, and I told him, I was like, well, as a medium, any advice you have? And he was like, oh, and we talked for about two, two and a half hours and had like the greatest conversation. And to me, that was. That That's was my game-changing moment as a medium. That's cool. Um, because from that point on, he said, you're going to do this, and I want you to do He like gave me a list. He's like, I'm going to call these people, and I'm going to introduce you to them. When they call you, answer the phone. I want you to get this book done. I want you to get this book done now, and I want you to start charging this much for readings. I'm like, all right. And I did it within 24 hours. I was like doing what Chip, it's Chip Coffee, you know, not yeah. what Chip Coffee says. Of course. Yeah. And I got an email from somebody and they were like, hey, Chip called and said we need to have you to our event. And it has not stopped ever since wow. then. Um, I'm wow. actually going to New Jersey in two weeks for this big pair unity event with Chip, actually, and a few other people. Cool. Uh, like the guys from Ghost Hunters and all kinds of cool people are going to be there. Oh, that's cool, man. Um, so, cool. And it's all because of Chip Coffee. He's absolutely game changing. He's an amazing soul. For that's sure. so cool. Yeah. But so, yeah, I, I did what he said. And now we've just been running. That's full speed cool. Ahead ever wow, wow. So, okay. So what do you, how can people, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're busy, but how can people get a hold of you? How can they can, uh, can connect with you and, you know, all of that good stuff, all the good stuff. Um, so it's just dominicogorman.com. It'll take you straight to my website. It explains the different sessions we have. Um, we offer psychic readings for people that don't want to talk to the dead, which is totally fine. We have mediumship re- readings for people that only want to talk to the dead and they don't want to ask questions about work or life or decisions or whatever. But 99% of the people do what I call like my all-in session, and it's an hour long. And we do all the things. We connect to people that have crossed over for you. We answer whatever questions you may have. Um, we talk about what it's your hour. You do whatever you want. We're going to talk about it. Great. Um, I do work as an open channel. Like I said, I, I, my, my guide is kind of what one of my clients has been calling my bouncer for the past few years. And that's, I think that's perfect. He connects to your loved on the other side and they come in like one by one. Um, and it's always cool when we do things that way, because normally the first few people that come in are not the ones you expect, but they deliver the messages that you didn't know you need. And I think those are my favorites for sure. Um, and the second half of the reading, if somebody that you wanted to connect to didn't come through, I'm like, okay, let's let's reach in and grab them, and we will do it that way. Um, so yeah, we do that. We we do seminars and expos, and you can find us on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all the things. Nice. All the things. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and each month we do like a giveaway because I don't want people. I don't think anybody's financial situation should stop them from getting a reading. That's awesome. So we always have it. Um, we have pretty much a, a a sign up like a lottery type thing, and you put in your info. We put you in our like little list, and we randomly pull somebody off of there once a month to get a free reading. And, That's cool. You know, we do. That's really cool. That's yeah. great. Good for you. That's I love it. Hugely important. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you you. 
you have an interesting life and we'd love to have you back because I know you've got so much more to talk about. Um, anytime, anytime, you know, and hopefully we're able to reach some, you know, reach some listeners out there. We, we've been, <laughs> we've been at this for, you know, going on six years now. So we've got a good awesome. platform of folks and, and hopefully, uh, they'll reach out and, uh, you know, make it happen. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. Um, and I love, I love talking to you guys. I love talking to people that are authentic and real and aren't all like, here's a list and this is what we're going to do. And you guys kept it very real. And I love cool. that. That's absolutely fantastic. Good. I appreciate awesome. that. Thank you. That's fantastic. great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, this has been really, really just a, a lot. I don't know. <laughs> very, oh, we it's been really enlightening. Yeah. 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 You. yeah. Yeah. You're educating awesome. us. Yes, indeed. We've been learning we a lot. We all educate each other. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Share in space. Share in space. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, yeah, this has been great. Thank you again, Dominique. We really appreciate yeah. it. Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store. Our merch store. I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch? Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff yeah dude and you know what if any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt get a hold of us Maybe it'll happen. Great stuff. Great stories. Always interesting to hear people that are involved in approaching uh, the afterlife. And mm-hmm. she's, I don't know that we've, have we had a doula on yet? Am no, I not, not, a, I not a death doula. I didn't, no. yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's a relative. Well, you know, I mean, the label of it is, and in, in, in our society, even doulas in general, because you know, that's that's what we mostly associate doulas with is the you know is birthing and coming, you know, right, uh, uh, coming the life coming out into the world. Uh, but you know, the death doula is is there to help everything prepare you leaving, and um, you know, that's it's. It's another one of those things where, you know, it is so important and it's such a big point of life that we need to get back to the point to where it's not a big deal to us, where right. it's not yeah. um, such a taboo subject talking about dying and the yeah. end of life. Yeah. Um, you know, you can mourn and you can be upset that someone's left this plane, this mortal coil. But, you know, if we get ourselves back to the point where we uh, are not so hesitant to talk about it and accept it, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, we, we need to make that advancement. We need to get back or, you know, get back to that, get to that where culturally yeah. uh, it's not as... Um, 
so heavy or t- well, no, it was still heavy, but you know, it's not so much of a, a taboo. I right. guess I guess yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of where I'm not for sure. Out. It's it's really a noble thing that she does, and absolutely, and blending the spirituality with helping people um, with whatever it is that they need to prepare mm-hmm. is really um, it's fascinating and it's interesting and it's so different than what I do on a daily basis. It's so fun to get people on that have these really awesome life experiences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that growing older, speaking of, you know, birthdays and getting older, like, I think part of it is just sort of like accepting your space in this world and like how you want to live that life and then how you ultimately want to go out. And, yeah. um, I think, I think so many of us struggle with that, although we may not put language to that while we're sort of living this life and we have this continuous counter that's just ticking away and uh, you don't know when, when your time has come and all we can hope to do is um, make an impact on someone's life and Mm -hmm. have loved ones and have friends that we can share these crazy experiences with that we, we live through these, these vehicles that we are, uh, given at birth and for better or worse, all that comes along with that, you know, all the, all the fun and all the, um, the love. And then, you know, the, uh, the other side of it, um, you know, uh, how do we cope with life? And, and part of how we cope with life is doing things like this, talking about it, mm-hmm. learning. And, um, I hope that our community, uh, they can feel that. Um, I, I, I can feel it on our, on my end anyway. Um, you know, the sharing of, uh, of life, you know? Yes. The sharing of life, sharing of experiences, sharing of stories, what we're all about here on the podcast. So, you know, uh, if you have not been a guest, uh, and you haven't shared one of your stories, uh, whether it's spooky, paranormal, supernatural, weird, or if it's unusual jobs, unusual careers, or it's some kind of funny caper that you got into uh, when you were kids uh, or teenagers uh, that, you know, could only happen in high school, you know, those kind of things, um, you know, w- w- tell us your, your John Hughes story, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Give us, you know, this happened to me, your sweet 16 or your bizarre uh, or yeah, weird science. Well, if you yeah, weird science, especially if you created yeah. a oh man uh, a woman. Oh, that was my using, dream. That was my dream. A, an yeah. old old nineteen uh, a DOS a DOS driven nineteen eighty five computer <laughs> candy. Uh, please please let me know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah. That would be amazing. I am uh, I am always ears for that and. Um, you know, uh, I've got a story that uh, I, I think that we're going to probably share some stories here closer to the holidays that uh, I've kind of got one that I've been following like that in that vein. So uh, I can't wait to share that with people. Um, yeah. You, you know, the holidays are coming up. If you, I'm sure you people got great holiday stories. Tell us your Santa Claus stories. Tell us whatever, whatever interesting, fun stuff uh, that you have done in your life or, around the holidays. Or, uh, you know, maybe you've got family members that uh, that have stories or something. Send them our way, please. Yeah. And speaking of holidays, um, next week will be our... American Thanksgiving, um, or, you know, our celebration of, you know, of the pilgrims, whatever, and the Indians, the Native Americans, I should say, um, 
coming together to celebrate and uh you know we are celebrating with you we are providing with you because we know that can be a lot a lot of time spent in cars uh long trips long plane rides uh long car rides to get away from the to the the family uh, long car rides to get away from the family whatever (laughs) it is we're doing you a solid we are giving you two episodes for the price of one beautiful that's yeah yeah remember that twofer we were talking yeah, about yeah. before a- absolutely. yeah well, we got a twofer coming for you next fantastic week. two episodes for the price of one they'll both beautiful. be dropping on next tuesday and um it is all it's this, this the story of our friend from uh, from mexico alfredo and he has had it is I mean it epic. is a mini it's it epic it's like a mini series uh, on, on you know and it comes in seasons and uh, we've got at least four seasons worth probably nice. of his yeah, stories yeah, yeah, it's good stuff uh, it's really he's had a really interesting life and uh, we hope to sh- we hope you tune in to uh, join and share it. Uh, and hear all about it. And while you're with family, uh, remember, ask those questions. Uh, not uh, Skip politics this year. Ask about weird stories. Absolutely. Collect the weird stories and then send them to us. Yes. We, bring it yourself. Set up an inter- a, a interview time and bring it yourself to, to tell it to us. Uh, virtual face to virtual face, uh, or you know, type it all up, clickety clack on the keyboard, hit send, and you can send that to our uh, messages on our Facebook or an Instagram or into our uh, special uh, post box on the internet email wywspod at gmail.com. Um, or, you know, you can contact us even through our website, whatsyourweirdstory.com, where you can find all of our episodes available to listen and download for free. Um, so, yeah, you know. Do it. Make it happen. Fly up. Yeah. Get the, get the you know, get the uh, the libations flowing and then get the, you know, get get the, the stories going. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Landed it beautifully. I either hey look it was, I, I was I was uh, having a little trouble there, uh, but uh, I'm I'm getting it out. I don't you know why it. I'm yeah, so yeah. kind of uh, stuttery today, but you know hey it happens. I guess I'm just so still so excited from your birthday celebration. <laughs> take it easy, take it easy. Yeah, thank you everyone, and uh, hope everyone has a great week, and I hope that you guys have uh, enjoyed this podcast. Yes, indeed, and 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 if you have, let us know um, on our social media, email, and all that stuff. I just told you all about it, and uh, have a good weekend, as Barry said. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, we will see you next time, twice next time next week. Until then, be safe. Be weird. As always. If you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird.
stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.